Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. But before beginning today's podcast, let me ask you to hop over to Amazon and take a look at my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. And please, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach me through my website, selfcoaching.net, or my email, selfcoachinghelp, one word, at aol.com. So here we are for another self-coaching podcast. And I've decided to talk today about fear of abandonment. And let me introduce it by first mentioning a rather peculiar reflex, the Morrow reflex, M-O-R-O. -O. When an infant is born, within, I believe it's within the first hour or so of their birth. If you were to take your hand and place it under the infant's belly and raise your hand up and then drop your hand precipitously and let that child feel as if they are falling, not that I recommend this, but, but if you were to do that, the child, this moral reflex would have the child's hands coming in to grasp and the feet and knees coming together as if to grasp something. Where does it come from? Well, it comes. it's a vestige, some would say, from our ancestral past when we were connected to our arboreal ancestors, monkeys. And the mother monkey hopping through trees, if the, if the infant felt dislodged from the, the mother, there would be this moral reflex that would ensure survival. So the arms would come in to grasp the mother. The legs would come in to grasp. So we have in us, even though this, this reflex disappears shortly after birth, we, we are instinctually equipped with a need to cling, to have something to cling to, the parent, the mother, the father. So children have this instinctual need to not be abandoned. They have this instinctual need to be able to be protected vis-a-vis -vis the parent. So with fear of abandonment, of course, if there's a breach to the healthy or secure emotional environment created by death, divorce, neglect, dysfunctional parents, the child has nothing to cling to. And this sets the stage for a type of anxiety that we call abandonment anxiety. Now, abandonment or fear of abandonment isn't a psychological condition or a mental illness. It's considered one of the anxieties or a type of anxiety. And again, it comes from a breach of the security in that child's early development. The reason that is so critical is because the child experiences the world through the eyes of the parent and through the behavior of the parent. 
If the parent is loving and nurturing, the child's sense of security is intact, and for all intended purposes, the child can relax. For the child whose parental environment is chaotic or absent, we have this breach to the sense of security. And the child's world, even at this young age, becomes imprinted with a type of stress. And it's this stress and this reflex that forms a conditioned response or a fear, an unhealthy fear that people, places, and things that we've grown attached to are eventually going to leave or reject us. So that early sense of abandonment gets constellated throughout the life of someone that suffers from fear of abandonment. So what are some common signs? Well, anxiety in relationships. So as adults, someone with abandonment issues often deals with unshakable feelings or thoughts that the significant people in their life are just not going to stay with them. Inevitably, they're going to leave or reject. And this is a projection of that fear. No matter how good the relationship may be, underneath that may be an unconscious projection that they're never really safe and that the tables can turn. See, it's this knee-jerk reflex, less than conscious sometimes, that things just won't work out, that they're going to wind up alone, abandoned. We see it also just in the nature of the insecurity of someone that suffers from abandonment issues. Sometimes insecurity expresses itself as feeling unworthy, low self-esteem, a lack of confidence. And sometimes because of this lack of confidence and esteem, we're on this treadmill of constantly seeking external validation. You see, it's the, it's the validation that make, gives them a sense, at least, that maybe, just maybe, they're not as vulnerable as they feel. So they're on this treadmill, always trying to become validated, always trying to impress, or just working too hard to be liked. It's hard for them to just simply trust other people as much as they might want to. Again, it's that, that old, antiquated, historical reflex of abandonment that leads to a, a kind of global distrust that ultimately, eventually, they're going to wind up again, alone, rejected. And this often leads to kind of an overthinking or constant suspicion, jealousy, always assuming that the partner or the person of interest is, is really not being faithful, not really caring. After all, how could they possibly care about us when, when we can't value ourselves, when we have a sense of inferiority? Why would someone else not sense that same inferiority and be unhappy or dissatisfied with us? So we project this. And again, this isn't always conscious. Insecurity can kind of worm its way into our lives and cause all kinds of havoc, especially in relationships. Sometimes it leads to anger and volatility, since we're feeling that ultimately the person that we would want to be close to is going to leave or reject us. We begin to re reject them, and we begin to feel anger toward them, even though it's unwarranted, because we are 
assuming that this person that we want to be close to is going to wind up hurting us. Reminds me of the adage, guy walks into work, you know he's going to be fired. So before he gets the word from the boss, he walks into the boss and says, you can't fire me, I quit. You see, rather than face the rejection, this person needs to feel they are the ones calling the shots. It's kind of a a faux rejection in that they could try to convince themselves, you didn't reject me, I left you. But sometimes we stay in relationships much too long, even abusive relationships, because we're always feeling that regardless of how arduous and difficult a relationship might be, ultimately it's because of our own inferiority that we are being abused or rejected that we're just not good enough. And then we get into that cycle, this this kind of abandonment cycle where it plays into an abusive relationship where we work even harder to be liked. We stay around to be abused because we're trying to find that way. If only, if only I could get that love I need, even though it's painful, even though it hurts, if only I can be loved, then I'll be okay. You see, that's what insecurity says. If I can just find enough external validation, then I'll feel okay. Experts tell us that the attachments and the relationships that we have early in life will influence how we connect to others throughout our lives. Secure attachment is when a child's physical and emotional needs have been met. They learn to feel secure in relationships. They're able to trust. They don't have to wrestle with the what if I'm not loved or what if I'm abandoned. And people with secure attachment, they find it very easy to trust, to believe, and to communicate with others. So secure attachment is one way we can wind up as an adult. Another is anxious attachment. You know, neglected children grow up feeling they just can't depend on others. They just can't get that love and support that they need. People let them down. Sometimes someone with an anxious attachment may cling to a partner or friendships. They may need constant assurance, which can really be a drag on a relationship. Always looking to be patted on the back. Always looking to be told they're okay. They're good enough. Sometimes we have an avoidant attachment. I mean, maybe that child grew up with parents that, you know, met the basic needs, the survival needs of the child, but but didn't provide the emotional support. And people with avoidant attachment, they may be uncomfortable with physical closeness. They may struggle with expressing their emotions. It's just like a hot stove. It's too dangerous. They'd love to have close relationships. They're afraid of emotional intimacy. Because, I mean, why would you fear emotional intimacy? Well, the obvious reason is that you're really laying yourself bare. You know, there's nothing, no gas left in the tank. If you're totally exposed and you are rejected, then, you know, the perception is you'll be truly devastated. So the emotions are curtailed to protect you from feeling overly vulnerable. And of course, you know, insecurity is always the culprit here. If children are separated from their parents, like divorce, incarceration, death, and even neglect. 
it's it's almost in, inevitable that there's going to be a sensitivity and these become habits see that's important to self-coaching is to realize that we're really talking about habits of rejection habits of abandonment and we reinforce these habits throughout our life by more or less yielding to the thoughts the fears the projections sometimes we give too much we're overly eager to please we become yes persons pleasers always giving too much of ourselves this is driven by the insecurity the fear jealousy of course in a relationship or of others you know we are jealous we fear and trust they're not going to stay we're constantly waiting for that other shoe to drop which is lethal to a relationship because the the other person that we feel jealousy toward that becomes an irritant why can't you trust me i don't understand you keep accusing me of things i don't do you see the mind of someone that's insecure and has abandonment issues always gravitates towards the ultimate fear of being abandoned being rejected sometimes the person that has abandonment issues may need to control a situation a relationship overly control it or be controlled there's nothing spontaneous it's always the overthinking and it's that anxiety that goes along with the overthinking it's always the what if insecurity does that insecurity i should say the habit of insecurity is a chronic feeling of vulnerability and we compensate insecurity by trying to protect ourselves so when you are jealous when you are eager to please too eager to please at your own expense when you're distrusting and you're having intimacy issues these are compensatory strategies of insecurity of the habit of insecurity they ostensibly are aimed at making you feel less insecure because you feel more in control how does feeling jealousy make you feel more in control well you're trying to kind of see around the corner and make sure that nothing bad is going is going on that you're not being lied to or deceived even though you feel it's inevitable part of you feels maybe it's not so but you can't cling to that objective truth there's always that suspiciousness always living consciously or unconsciously in fear maybe sometimes you might cycle through relationships numerous shallow relationships that don't last because ultimately the fear of getting too close too intimate how do you protect yourself what does insecurity say well don't get too close then you'll really get burnt sometimes you sabotage relationships you may act irrationally possessively jealous pushing people away and that may seem contradictory but if it's really quite self-evident if you push some someone away then they can't hurt you then you become inviolate you are now alone but protected from abandonment doesn't make much sense but the fear of abandonment is so strong that sometimes you'd rather sabotage a relationship and protect yourself by being the one that quits rather than gets fired sometimes 
it's just a need for constant reassurance. You just can't ever feel okay. But mostly, unconsciously, you're looking for someone to take away that fear. You're looking for someone to come and exonerate you from a life of anticipatory fear and dread and loneliness. Now, as most, and I guess my my take is that most uh, significant abandonment issues come from our early early years, our childhood years. These imprints, the imprints that are put down, or I should even say the, the reflexes, the habits that are laid down in early childhood are highly resistant to change. Doesn't mean they're not going to change, but we'll get into that in a second. But they are highly resistant to change, and they do occur at a young age, and sometimes during the formative years, the early developmental years, the pre-adolescent, and even into the adolescent years, when we're forming our sense of self, where our ego is developing. You know, every week I talk about most psychological behavior that seems to always fall on a continuum. Well, it's the same with abandonment issues. We might look at abandonment issues on the, say, the right side of the of the continuum and on the left side security and stability so the child with security and stability of course has a much different experience than the child growing up with abandonment issues and in between that we have various what we might call potholes relationship problems traumas illness of a parent a rejection in a relationship later on as we enter adult life embarrassments, people taking advantage of us. So somewhere along that continuum, it might be safe to say that on some level, to some degree, we all have some abandonment issues. And we might even go a step further and say that instinctually, human beings are conditioned by evolution to want to not be rejected, to be accepted, to be loved, to be secure. So keep in mind that this whole issue of abandonment is, is a relative issue. It's, it's hard to imagine that anyone can grow up in this world without some degree of insecurity. No one has perfect parents. We all suffer from various illnesses, separations, problems, some more, some less. So we all have this legacy of insecurity to some extent. And I, I would go as far as to say that abandonment or fear of abandonment is kind of a universal archetypal issue for human beings i think it it is certainly part of our adaptability that we we work hard not to be rejected not to be abandoned we are social beings so if you suffer from any kind of abandonment issue maybe you can get at the catalyst for why you develop that particular insecurity, why you are particularly vulnerable to feeling not good enough, rejected, abandoned. The key is that you were inculcated with a sense of insecurity, which became your habit. And throughout your life, you've been trying to compensate for that habit, protect yourself in the various ways we've just been talking about. The key now is to recognize that it is a habit. Habits are learned. Habits can be unlearned. And with any insecurity, you need to be asking, how am I feeding the habit? Now, there's three 
dominant ways we do that, with our doubts, our fears, and our negatives. You see, these are all interrelated concepts, of course, the doubt, fear, and negativities. But those are the three words that can help tip you off when you're feeding the habit of insecurity. Now, you do need to form decent relationships because ultimately the anxiety and the neurotic aspect of insecurity is to protect you from legitimate relating. So you need to take that leap of faith. You need to recognize the importance of forming good relationships where the relationship itself becomes the validation. Not, not that the validation comes from the external, it comes from the we aspect, the relationship itself, a good relationship. In order to have that good relationship, you have to go against the reflexive doubts, fears, and negatives. You have to risk having a good relationship. You have to risk putting down any jealous feelings. You have to risk letting go of distrust. Now, it helps to articulate that sometimes. It helps to let your partner know that these are your struggles. And it helps to be honest because you are involved in a war. The enemy is insecurity and the thoughts that are generated by insecurity. In order for you to defeat this enemy of insecurity, you can't continue to feed it. And you have to begin to starve it. If you do that with the help of a partner, that's fantastic. But you can do it on your own and you must. You must find a way to objectify what's going on and to not permit insecurity, make false projections, false what-ifs. You need to become more present. You need to not allow insecurity to steer you into a place of anticipating rejection or abandonment. That's insecurity. And it's anticipating. And when you anticipate, you leave the present and you're in some obnoxious future, pull yourself back, deal with what's in front of you objectively. Try to work with those in your life. Have a realistic dialogue about your sensitivities, about your fears, but you need to take that leap of trust. And that's going to go against your reflexive insecurity because the reflexive insecurity is to distrust, to not believe. So it's a leap of faith. Trusting is a big leap of faith. If you have abandonment issues, the end game, of course, is to get to a place where you're willing to risk trusting. Now, here's where you need to stay present. You need to be objective. You need to evaluate the relationships in your life from a clear point of view and not color it with insecurity. And then you need to take that leap of faith. It's going to seem scary, you're going to be risking that in you which you've been avoiding all your life, and that's abandonment. You need to risk in order to have. And if you're willing to do that, then you could begin to dismantle the reflexiveness of this fear of abandonment. If your life is being sabotaged by insecurity, well, it's time to put a stop to that. It's time to take your life back from insecurity. And you can only do that actively by checking the thoughts that feed the insecurity. That's what self-coaching is all about. You need to coach yourself to fight the good fight, to start realizing that thoughts matter. You cannot keep feeding the insecurity. Oh, I'm not okay. Just going to be... No, no, no. You can't go on allowing yourself to do the same old, same old negative, neurotic assumptions without challenging them. And you, you're you the only one that could take your life back. It certainly helps to have the validation of 
loved ones in your life, but the real crux of the matter comes from ultimately letting go of the insecurity. And yeah, you're going to feel vulnerable. Plus, your whole life you've been trying not to feel vulnerable vis-a-vis insecurity projections and controlling life. Yeah, you're going to feel a little vulnerable, but you have everything to gain. Risk trust, risk trusting others, and most importantly, risk trusting yourself. Let me just remind you to visit my website, selfcoaching.net, where you can learn more about my self-coaching philosophy. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. And you are not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. What do you say we make it simple together? Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your